Welcome to the Blue Ribbon Project. I'm Donald James, the host of the Blue Ribbon Project. And I'm here today with Dave Wicks, who is the uh, district superintendent for Eastern Suffolk BOCES. And I know a lot of my listeners won't have any idea what a BOCES is, a Board of Cooperative Educational Services, but um, uh, I'm sure Dave will explain that as we go through uh, the conversation today. So Dave, could you just, uh, by the way, Dave is a site grad. Um, yes. He'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, as we go through. Dave, could you just describe uh, your role uh, and what BOCES does and um, uh, how SITE helped prepare you for that role? Uh, sure. So uh, BOCES, Board of, uh, Board of Cooperative Educational Services, as you said, Don, uh, there are 37 of us throughout the state, um, three of us here on Long Island. So I, I'm the district superintendent for Eastern Suffolk. Uh, there's also Western Suffolk BOCES and Nassau County is represented by one BOCES. Um, and so our job is really as a BOCES is to provide cooperative educational services to the 700 plus school districts in New York State. Most people uh, that know of BOCES, when they hear that word, they think of our special education and, and career and technical education services that we provide directly to students. Um, but Don, as you know, and you know, in your time as superintendent, we do a heck of a lot more than that. Um, we do a, a significant amount of professional development opportunities for teachers. Um, we do a lot of back-end business services for teachers. Uh, we do a lot of technology acquisition for, for school districts directly. And really, the, you know, our job is to is provide services uh, in, in an in a, in a affordable and effective manner for school districts in a way that they might not be able to do on their own. Um, so that's a really, you know, that, that, that's a real general overview of, of what a BOCES provides to school districts. Uh, in addition to that, as the district superintendent, um, me and my 36 other colleagues are actually employed by two different entities. So I work directly for my, my, uh, my board, uh, as, as most superintendents do. Um, but I also work directly for the state education department and the commissioner of education, uh, to the point where part of my salary is paid by Eastern Suffolk Boses and the other part is paid by the state education department. So yeah. with that part of my position, I'm expected to be the commissioner's uh, representative in this region. Um, and so, you know, what that really entails is me bringing the commissioner and her leadership team, bringing their initiatives to the region and making it make sense for 51 school districts that range from, you know, 15 students to 20,000 plus, um, and also bringing the concerns of, of, of those 51 school districts back to the commissioner and her team to say, look, this is what, this is what this means in the field. This is what this looks like in the field. And is there any way we can we can consider that when we're when we're making policy or regulation or mm. making decisions about that. So um, that's a real thirty thousand foot view about what my role entails. It's leadership within the BOCES as well as leadership within the state education department. Um, so how did Site prepare me for that? So you, as you mentioned, I'm a graduate. I was a graduate cohort ten. I don't even know what cohort you're up to now. Sixty-seven. Um, 67. 67, yeah. That explains well, we're, getting how great, ready, we're getting ready for 67, right? That explains how gray my beard is right now. So um, <clears throat> I made it, I was a physics teacher. I was a high school physics teacher uh, in a district on the east, very far east end of Long Island. And a, a colleague of mine both decided to get our administrative certification around the same time. At that point, there were other institutions that were doing local cohorts, you know, either within the district or within the surrounding districts. So uh, would have been a lot easier than driving to Oceanside, you know, from from Waiting River uh, every Saturday. 
but we made a decision to go to site for a specific reason because we wanted to uh, kind of um, you know give ourselves the experience of working with folks that we weren't used to working with and it was the best decision that i ever made as far as preparing me to be a leader especially in the role i'm in now because you know i was working on the east end of long island i grew up on the east end of long island and i was attending a cohort where at least half of the, the students in the cohort were from the new york city department of education and and then and then everywhere in between so it was just great to have that perspective um and just fast forwarding now to what i'm doing now this state is so incredibly diverse and i had no i you know had didn't have a true idea what that meant until i started this position as district superintendent and trying to understand how my colleagues in the north country are doing the same work that i'm trying to do but making it make sense for them and the same for the great so the greater southern tier and western new york we're a, a beautiful and diverse state um, but i would say going through site and, and just working with folks that that were having different experiences in the field of education than i was really helped with that uh, i'll add to that too the fact that all of our all of my professors at least at the time were practicing administrators a lot of which were superintendents um, really just brought it home it was you know we were we were hearing about what how they were living what they were trying to teach us every day and that really helped and also just the network that i built um through that process and oh, sure and you know yeah. having those those kind of unofficial mentors that i stayed in touch with well past uh, my graduation from the, from the program so um i hope that answers the question but if yeah yeah it does so you mentioned your beard so just yeah. I'm, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit sure sure um do you want to tell the audience what you're doing i mean for those so this will be a podcast and a video cast so some people will be able to see your beard which I think looks terrific. But you want to tell folks what you're doing tomorrow? Sure. So uh, Eastern Suffolk Boasties has for uh, quite some time been associated with the St. Baldrick's project. Um, and so it was probably the second year that I started here. I committed to, to being part of that. So if you're not familiar with St. Baldrick's, you, you raise a certain amount of money uh, and you agree to shave your head. Um, and the money goes towards uh, fighting children's cancer, childhood cancer and research involved with that. We have a barbering program here. So one of our career and technical education programs is, is uh, not only teaching kids how to, how to become a barber, but certifying them to do that work when they leave us. Uh, and that's the program that really grabbed on to St. Baldrick. So tomorrow I'll be going into one of our programs and one of our students will be shaving everything you see on my head, <laughs> uh, to shave it off. And I must, I must say that I also do that with my colleague, Julie Lutz, who's our chief operating officer. Um, and I really am amazed at her commitment to to do that, to do the same. She'll walk out looking with with with, <laughs> with as, as little hair as I will tomorrow. And uh, <laughs> we're able to re to raise just the two of us uh, at least. Uh, we're we're up to almost three thousand dollars for this year. Wow. Um, and our BOCES before the pandemic, our BOCES was um, responsible for raising thirty thousand plus. That's year. terrific. Yeah, but that's thanks for asking. God that. bless you. Yeah, that's terrific. Yeah. And uh, for those that uh, a lot of places have St. Baldrick, so you could always check with your local school district and see if they're running a program and they'll they'll happily shave your head. Absolutely. Um, and uh, it really is a sight to see. I've always uh, been careful with that because, as you see, I am holding on to <laughs> the remnants of a once very proud empire. Um, and now I, I'm afraid it won't grow back, but, um, but I like to make that yearly donation up and uh, we do it. We do it here in Comac as well. So thanks for sharing that, Dave. Absolutely. So, Dave. Um, could you just talk to us a little bit about how the field is changing as you see it? Uh, some of the challenges that people are facing, whether it's teacher shortages or uh, things of that nature, changing curriculum, as well as some of the really positive things that you see out in the field. 
Yeah, um, challenges for sure. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, I, I think it, it does, doesn't need to be said that the past two years have been extremely challenging for multiple reasons. Um, you know, so, so some of the challenges are just, just, just dealing with the unexpected. You know, there's only so many things that you're going to learn in your administrative programs, uh, how to react to. And, and um, so that's certainly been the case over the past two years, because in addition to a pandemic, we've had a, a period of social unrest, which has been unprecedented in multiple generations. So yeah, sure, um, sure. <clears throat> those are certainly the challenges. And, you know, the, the fact that, that, the politics behind some of those challenges are making it into our schools and our school board meetings more than we've ever seen. Uh, and you certainly could could comment on that more than I could. Um, mm. That's a challenge. That's what that's what a lot of people are struggling with. And that goes, you know, that's down to the building level because it's the building level folks that have to enforce the mask rules that everybody is is or was, um, you know, so so upset about, or a lot of people were so upset about. So yeah, challenge, and, and that's, you know, there are things, every year something comes up that, that brings in some sort of, um, some sort of concern that the community has and, and has differing views on. And that's our job as, as leaders is to kind of, to manage that and, and, mm -hmm. and to really take in all that input and, and make decisions that are best for our students, that knowing that some people are gonna be happy with it and some people are not. Mm -hmm. um, so, Certainly, those are some of the challenges. Some of the more positive aspects, and, and I appreciate you asking this question because it made me think. Because <laughs> there's been a lot of things to, that that weren't positive over the past two years. But I have to say, I think, and I mentioned this all the social unrest we've been dealing with since the spring of 2020. Um, that's brought a lot of things to the forefront that weren't before. And when I and, and I think all those things are centered around what students are we not serving in the best way that we can. Um, and it, there are a lot of very deliberate conversations and, 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 and planning that's going on behind just that very question. Mm -hmm. Who is succeeding in our schools and who is not? Um, and I think that's the most positive thing because it's become okay to talk about that. It's become yeah. okay to say, at least in some spaces, maybe we're not doing everything the way that we should be. And maybe we need to really investigate that and, and figure out, you know, not what the kids are, aren't doing right, but what, what are we not doing that could better serve the students that aren't succeeding mm -hmm. to the degree that others are. So uh, I think that's probably the most positive. And that, that's not just the social unrest part of it, but the pandemic brought that about because when we shut down two years ago today, the state shut down two years ago today, um, you know, we quickly realized um, who was connected to the world in their houses and who wasn't. And you know sure. the amount of packets that went home, as opposed to um, the amount of students that were able to, you know, access uh, a virtual classrooms. That's a that's a struggle, and that's something that has brought awareness right to the federal level of how do we how do we do a better job of connecting our households so that this ever happen, has to happen again, or if we find a new way to to deliver instruction that could be as effective, uh, how do we make sure everybody has access to it? So I think that's, you know, the fact that we're, we're recognizing that in a more formal and more direct way, um, I think is a positive for sure. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right on the money there. It did cause us to pause and self-reflect, right? Because, you know, we settled into homeostasis for probably decades in public education and, and maybe in private and parochial as well. And, and so, but who weren't we serving? Right. And, you know, which kids were on the margins that needed support, uh, whether it was socially, emotionally or academically. 
or financially. And, and I think the pandemic really brought that to light. Yeah. And I do think we've made strides in that regard. I also think there were setbacks, but I think that, and we learn from those. And I think that's the benefit of having somebody like you who's reflective and the folks over there, because I've known Julie for some time and she's just you know, terrific. And uh, the work that you, you people do at BOCES, um, I don't know if, uh, if I can sort of stress it enough how great it is and the services that you provide. So the cooperative part is that school districts who can't necessarily, uh, don't have necessarily enough need for one particular program, but certainly have students who need that support, they come together and BOCES provides that support. And it just, it really is uh, terrific. I was uh, uh, in Eastern Suffolk for a number of years and um, I've always been impressed by the work. So, so Dave, we're getting close to, to the end of our conversation here today, although I think it'll be ongoing because um, you know, we've reconnected and it's great talking to you. Um, what advice would you give aspiring administrators uh, today? Because there's, there's a turnover, right? Um, whether we're talking about superintendents and there's a huge turnover in superintendents, but, but uh, the predictions are that one in five schools will have a new principal next year, which is a huge number of new principals. And um, uh, we know that the teacher shortage is is tremendous. It's already, I, I can't imagine it's not affecting BOCES, it's affecting everybody else um, and managing that. So what advice would you give? Uh, so those are challenges. And, and I think that's part of the pendulum. It's not the first time we've been through a shortage um, as as a, a educational system. It, it happened in the 70s and some in the 90s. And now here we are again. So what advice would you give, Dave? Um... I say follow your heart. I mean, I think one one of the great things about programs like Site, and I mentioned my colleague from the from my from my days in the East End before. You know, we both went through the same program. We both, you know, left there with our with our certifications. She went back to her work in the building, and and by the following, you know, I I I left Site in May, and by by July, I was an assistant principal in the same school building. So we found our hearts, we found our paths there. She decided the work she was doing as a counselor was where she needed to be. So I guess I say that because find your heart and follow it. So if your heart is in, is in administration and, and, and leadership, don't let what's happening in the world steer you away from that um, because we need you. That Because as difficult as it is and, and as tired as, as leaders have been over the past two years, so have teachers. I mean, it hasn't been easy for anybody. Um, but the, but the world of education needs people to, to, to lead with their hearts in those roles. So, you know, that's one thing I would say, don't let, don't be scared by how difficult things may seem from the outside looking in. It's hard. It's all hard, but what you're doing now is hard. And I would also say, and I, and I hit on this before, be prepared to be unprepared for the unexpected. Um, nobody, you know, <laughs> two years ago today, we went from being uh, uh, educational institutions to food delivery um, institutions overnight. Uh, and we all learned how to do that. And we just, we rolled with it and we figured it out and we moved forward. And, and, and even though we would have been better off if it didn't happen, we're certainly better off, even we, the fact that it did happen, we're better off because we were there to, to find solutions to those problems. Um, so we need you. I mean, we need you and we need you to, uh, to develop, you know, a positive outlook for education so that teachers, we can get teachers to come in and fill in those roles that, 
that are that are lacking right now. Um, you know, that's a big thing that we're working on at a, at a regional and state level is how do we how do we convince people to go back into teaching? Um, it's a real problem, um, and 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 shortages in, in in teacher ranks lead to shortages everywhere else in the system. So. Um, we, we need that leadership. We need you to, to, to be on board. And, and I would just say, don't, don't be afraid of what's happening. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think follow your heart. I mean, that's great advice. If your heart is to get involved in uh, schools in a way that you can support students and teachers and parents and families, then this is the place for you. If, if the shortage and, and some of the challenges scare away some people, maybe that's not where their heart was. So, but I do agree that we should uh, share more of the positive aspects because, you know, I loved the work as a superintendent and, and I was a building principal and that opportunity to engage with people and support them, um, you know, on a daily basis and be that in touch was just terrific. Uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time, Dave, and for the work that you do both uh, at BOCES with our students there, but also at the state and being a voice for Long Island. Um, you, you certainly make site extremely proud. Um, and, and I thank you for taking the time to, to visit with me today. And I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for reaching out. Great. Thanks, Dave. We'll okay. talk again soon. Bye now. Take care. Bye-bye. To keep up to date on everything site, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Site Online. That's C-I-T-E-O-N-L-I-N-E. And you can follow us on LinkedIn as well. Till next time.